2: Welcome to the Scoop World Order. Today I have one of my favorite players of all time, a kid that I was lucky enough to be captain with. I'm glad that uh, we had you in 07 because I don't know who the hell else we could have
1: made a captain because we were such a young team. But i uh,
2: got my man James Laurinaitis on the show today. James, how are you going, my man?
1: I'm good, man. Glad to be on with you, brother.
2: Yeah, and congrats on, uh, Shelly, you're expected number three now, correct?
1: right that's right uh, going from man to zone so it'll be it'll be a fun adjustment for us and we're uh, we're very excited 2020 has been a stressful year for i think a lot of people and um, glad that that he or she will be born in 2021 in january so they don't have to yeah. deal with it. that that'll be awesome
2: and yeah it's been it's been interesting just because um you know i'm kind of new in the media well I've been in the media world but actually like owning a company that has to do sports media and you are on a daily talk show and the fact that like we haven't had sports for like months I mean how hard has it been for you guys to gin up stuff to talk about every day because it's like you know normally you talk about all this is what happened in the NBA last night major league baseball Mm -hmm. college football's around the corner like we went months and it was like a dry spell like how's that been trying to
1: keep an audience to keep your sponsors and, and that type it, of deal. It, it's been interesting. You know, you have to start doing a lot of lists. Um, you have to start – gosh, uh, I think we went around the NFL. We did a kind of team-by-team breakdown on uh, kind of favorite historic player, great in the uniforms, great in the stadium. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of you buy stock in them. Do you think they can win the Super Bowl? And then we went to um, – you know, kind of the Big Ten, and we just actually wrapped up with Ohio State today, but and tomorrow we'll do a kind of a, a overview of the Big Ten conference. But you have to get creative. Uh, it gets tough from time to time. And, and then, you know, you also, if you adapt us, sh- like we've adapted a show, so uh, there's only so much you can do. So off the bat, it was Billions, which is on Showtime, and then once we got <laughs> Billions we got filming mid-season because of COVID, so once Billions is done, uh, then now we're doing Yellowstone so you, you try to eat up some segments that way uh, yeah. it's difficult um, but you know thankfully I think now you're, you're thinking okay well if we have I me mean, tonight we got pro baseball on I was trying to figure out like what do I watch I had jackets exhibition on I had Indians on and have NBA restarting so we'll kind of be drinking from a fire hose here which is good especially if the NFL yeah. and college football goes forward we'll have a lot of content but uh, it was challenging during those times. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's exciting.
2: Everything is getting back to us. So, talk a little bit about, um, you know, out of high school, you know, you're at Wazata, Minnesota. Talk a little bit about, you know, what other schools were in the running for you um, and what ultimately led you to choosing Ohio State. I remember, I think Mike Cochran, one of our strength coaches on your official visit, your dad put him in a suplex and he's like, that was the greatest thing. like put him like completely vertical, which is, Tough to do. I mean, unless it's like a guy like your dad, he's done it a million times and he benches 500 pounds. Like, you know, he's done that a million times. They, like, they took a photo of it. I was like, oh, that'd be cool to get that kid. I didn't know anything about you other than the fact that your dad was the animal and I had his action figure when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> but tell me, like, a little bit about, you know, who, you know, was maybe second and third place and what made you ultimately pick Ohio State?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I wasn't I wasn't highly recruited at all. It was just three stars. So I, um, growing up, I was a huge Gophers fan. Growing up in Minnesota, so I automatically just assumed if I could play college football, I'd go there. Uh, my my best friend was a year above me at Wayzata, and he um, his name was Dominic Barber. His older brother was Merrill Barber, played running back at at Minnesota, and then on with the Cowboys and the Bears and uh dom and i always i mean gosh when we were in high school we would go to every gopher game on saturdays and then we would go to some of the I remember driving down to iowa with his family and watching minnesota and iowa play and so i actually heard the iowa chance before i ever heard ohio like i okay. so when i got to ohio stadium and they're doing ohio i was like oh they do it just like iowa <laughs> <laughs> I know, they sold that from iowa yeah. yeah i was like oh that's cool um yeah. i i honestly committed to glenn mason at minnesota um that was my only offer them and like north dakota state and north dakota state before it was like cool to go to north dakota state <laughs> and yeah. so, this is back in 0405 so yeah, man, I was, I was like, okay, I guess I'll be a gopher. I'm, I'm excited to play college football. Uh, looking forward to it. And then out of nowhere, um, I get some traction. And Coach Trussell actually told the story to me. I saw him last summer. And he said that my, one of my teachers, who was from Ohio, actually mm-hmm. wrote a letter to Ohio State saying, hey, we have a linebacker who I, I need to be a Buckeye. Oh, my God. Trestle goes, Jim goes, like, I, I get the letter, and it says Minnesota, and I'm like, who do we have that recruits Minnesota? I'm like, he goes, I don't think we have anyone. He's like, but his brother, he's like, hey, yeah, Doc, Doc. Yeah. Yeah. hey, Doc, he goes, you coached at Minnesota at D D3 college, I believe at Hamlin. He's exactly. like, yeah, Yeah, he goes, you go ahead and uh, look into this, and they, so they got my film, and I'm like, okay, we're interested, and they came and watched, and you know, kind of the, the rest is history, but. Once I took a visit here, I, I kind of knew it was that. And then once Ohio State offered, which I don't consider these real offers, right, but once Ohio State offers, it's the same thing now. OSU offers or a big school, and the next thing you know, if, if some of these other schools didn't offer, all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait, hold on, what, what, who's this kid? You know, I think that happened with a guy like Olave, who's a three-star, right? You know, mm-hmm. you know Brian Day's out there to check out somebody else who offered Olave. Also not every school that's a D1 school is offered. I'm like, hold on, what's Ohio State seeing? Let's throw an offer his way. So there were other schools that came around, but I don't really consider them legitimate because I didn't even get all that, you know, mass copy-paste, you know, recruiting info from some of these schools that would – next thing you know, I got a scholarship offer in the mail. I'm like, I didn't even talk to anybody. That's not real. That's <laughs> I always say I had two offers um, or three legit offers. It was, it was Ohio State, Minnesota, North Dakota State.
2: That's – you could have been the next Jonathan Taves if you had gotten Minnesota State, man. You could have been playing defenseman for him. But uh, yeah. that's – it's amazing how stuff like that works out. A teacher believed in you and sent a letter. And Jim Trussell might be the only coach in Division One A that would actually open a random letter from Minnesota. Because you know exactly. what Truss is. Like, Urban's uh, not – Urban's not opening that letter. He's like, yeah, trash. You know, put that no. on the fireplace to start the fire up. But uh, <laughs> it, it is funny you mentioned how people – because like, I when I worked for Urban, he's like, you know, if Bobby Petrino was at Arkansas, you know, was at Arkansas and offered a running back, he would offer that running back because he like trusted his evals. Like, if yeah. Nick Saban offered a defensive back, he would offer that defensive back. Like, I mean, it would be like, you know, they glossed over the film, but it's like, yeah, if Saban's after him, like, we're after him. Like, I mean, you know, it's kind of like, and that's kind of the funny thing about recruiting is like, you're the same exact kid you were before Ohio State offered you, but it's like everybody's kind of. Scared, Like, they're scared to offer a kid from Minnesota, you know, like not exactly a football hotbed. And, you know, all of a sudden, but then Ohio State shows up an office. And so I'm sure, like, Michigan's calling, Iowa, you know, maybe SEC and ACC schools, like, all because of that one offer. It's like, it it, it like opens the door for you. I mean, I, I did the same thing. When I got my Ohio State offer, it was like magically, it was like, oh, it's okay to offer this guy now. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's funny how that works. You're like, I'm the same guy I was before, but you guys didn't have balls to do it.
0: That's- it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?
2: Well, fast forward to 05. You know, you guys show up. We're pretty good. Um, you know, obviously, we played. I always tell people, like, the 05 team was the best team I played on, but we yep. played I a fought. really hard schedule. Like, we played Texas to win the national championship. Team. Penn State was really good that year. I tore my knee up, like, in the second quarter of that game, which sucked. And I still regret that. So we lost 17. And our defense was out of the good that night. And we said score. Um, but we'll fast forward to Michigan. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm going to go with this. You know, Jake Long breaks Bobby in two, you know, <laughs> breaks his leg. And you're sitting there and you're like, oh, my God, like, I'm, like, next. Like, I mean, how how's that moment when all of a sudden, you know, you see Jake, you know, put Bobby on the ground? Because when you're a backup, like, you got to stay ready. Like, I hate – I always hated being a backup because you have to always stay loose and stretch. And I'm sure you're on, like, teams. You're on special teams. But, you know, when you go to go out and play – all the plays on defense, that's like 70 plays. Like, on special teams, you might be playing like 20 or 25. But tell me a little bit about all you see Bobby go down and you're like, oh, God, I'm in, and this is a real one. Like, that was not an easy game. They were scoring on us, and we needed a, a pretty good comeback to come back and win that one. But tell me a little bit about that, your first big
1: action. Yeah, so it really, I mean, it starts all the way back in week one, we played Miami, Ohio. I was third string Sam behind Marcus Freeman. Um, I wasn't even on special teams at this point. I was like a backup teamer. And so <laughs> Ar- Marcus runs down on the first opening kickoff, uh, tears his meniscus. Mm-hmm. So we ended up, okay, so now you're a backup. Now you're playing special teams. Uh, and Luke's kind of like, hey, do you want to burn your shirt here? You know, do you want to get some real footage? And like, you're in Ohio Stadium. It's week one, of course. Like, yeah. yeah so we absolutely, this- yeah. We have this four-game red shirt now. Yeah. And Marcus ends up getting staph infection in the meniscus. Meniscus tears, it's not the end of the world. Like yeah. yeah. But he gets staff and has to wear one of those, you know, kind of those fanny pack pouches, to kind of antibiotics and stuff. in it. Yeah. And because of that, I become backup. And Marcus ends up sitting the season out. And so – now, Luke, I think, made it. Luke was always really good at this. He wanted every single guy in that room to realize you're one or two plays away, which is reality. It sounds like coach speak, but it's so true. It's so true, man. Such a violent game like football. Like yeah. anything. So, you know, opening kickoff, I'll never forget it. I run down the field. There's this like backup tight end. That's it, you know, their center on kick return. He tangles feet with the guard. So he kind of like falls over as I make contact. But I'm hyped up. You know, we're in Ann Arbor. I'm like, so in my mind, I just ran this cat over. In reality, he probably tripped. But <laughs> I'm fired up. You know, I get yeah. to the sideline. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins wasn't playing that game. He had a PCL issue, but he's on the sideline dressed. So I'm over there with Malcolm. Like, I'm, you know, hyped up, talking trash. And then all of a sudden I just hear, like, Luke yelling for my name. And I'm like, what? Like what do you need? Like, what could you? What could I possibly have done wrong? It was a touchback, you know. Like I thought he was gonna get after me, and it was like also I look on the field and Bobby's on the ground. And he's like up, like trying to limp off, you know. Um, and funny stories there about how you know our trainers say that Bobby goes to the sidelines and said I broke my femur, and you know Bob, Bob's like, there's there's no way I, knew I said femur. I know what I broke, you know. It's, <laughs> but uh, it's just this like fun. It, it was one of those moments where it happened so fast. I didn't even have time to even think. My first thought on the field was, as I'm looking in the huddle at Schlags and AJ and Dante Whitner, and these guys, is just like, just do your job. You know, like, you don't got to be a hero out here. You're not going to make any play that these guys aren't going to make already. So you're supposed uh-huh. to have contain, damn it, have contained. Let these guys make the plays. There's nothing special you're going to do to outshine anybody. This is not the time for that. And it was just kind of a don't look like an idiot. And so – Thankfully for, for me, um, it really only ended up being, I think, like 20-something plays. It's funny how, like, the further you get away from the game, uh-huh. people's, like, legend in your in their mind, like, grows. Like, I'll get all the time, like, man, I remember the first game against Michigan, you had, like, 12 tackles. I was like, bro, I played, like, 12 plays. <laughs> you know, like. We nickel the whole game, yeah. Yeah, we played a ton of nickel. I was like, I think I was, you know, maybe had one assist. Uh, but ultimately it was just don't free the thing that i was proud of the most and you know this mental errors will get you benched so fast and it just Uh i didn't have mental errors there are physically things that was just some were bad some were okay some were good but i didn't have any mental errors. i wasn't misaligned the moment wasn't too big as far as that point Now there were some blocks like you go hit jake long for the first that's a little different than going you know i mean that's a different that's a different cat to go against um Uh So it's just – there were certain things that kind of happened where I was like, all right, tackling Mike Hart. Like, people forget because we've dominated for so long over them. But Michigan had cats, man. When we played them in 05 and 06, they had dudes. I'm (laughs) I'm
2: telling telling you. Like, I like – I tell people that because they're like – you know, because, you know, like in 06 we beat them and they're like number two in the country and they're like – well, you'd never seen speed like the Florida guys. I'm like, dude, we went against Lamar Woodley and Branch. Yeah, like, I mean, Lamar Woodley was better than either of the Florida guys. It wasn't even close. Oh, he was oh, better in the pros. I'm like – I was like – Lamar Woodley was like Dwight Freeney his first, like, few years at Michigan. And it's like, yeah, yeah that guy – he was real. And so was Branch. Yeah. I mean, Branch, Branch just retired, like, last year oh. for, like, 15 years.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, I mean, you know, David Harris. Like, that defense had, like – dudes everywhere like uh you know they had uh a good court leon hall like they had all these like first round guys everywhere and it was just like you know i know that they're in 05 their record wasn't great but they beat they beat that penn state team that beat us and it's like their skill guys were like manningham who was as good as anybody chad Henney is still in the league still in the league jake was the number one pick you know and i'm like you know, like, they had, like, dudes, like, I mean, it went a little dry after Lloyd left, and it was, like, in 08, in, like, 9-10, it was just, like, Rich Rod really couldn't get it going recruiting-wise, but I was, like, we had, like, we were going against, like, real dudes, like, every week. I mean, my freshman year, they had Braylon. It was, like, the third overall pick, and, like, he dusted us, and and we beat him, but it was still, like, you know, we we dominated, but it was, (laughs) a lot of those games were treacherous. Like, that 05 game was treacherous. It was, like,
0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Boyd, were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: We're down, you know, like 10 or 9 or something with like 7 minutes to go in the game. Like at Ann Arbor. Like most teams don't come back from that. Like it's.
1: The play, you know. Troy, play Troy made where he stepped up and then bounced out. And it may have been Harris coming up the gut. I don't know who it was coming up the gut. But he stepped up, stepped out, and then he throws it downfield again. Like there are plays in that game. Dude. I mean, that was my first hey. experience. Wow. <laughs> what on earth is this game? Oh
2: my god. Did he he made a play? And you know what's funny is I found I have the coaches film from 05 and 06 every game. All twenty two cut up offense and defense. So that's gonna be something that I'm gonna eventually break down. Cause he makes a play in Michigan that nobody even remembers except for like me where we're up there in 05, and it's, like, third and, like, nine. And, like, you know, he's in the pocket. Nobody's open. He scrambles out to the left and, like, sees the yard marker. And Woodley is coming right at him. Like, I mean, he has the angle. Woodley was fast. Getting ready to kill Troy. Troy, like, stops. Like, he's, like, roadrunner. And, like, Woodley was, like, wily Coyote and went flying off into the sideline. And Troy takes, like, two steps past the first down marker and, like, stops the clock. And I was, like – does anybody realize, like, how good that was? Like,
0: oh, yeah. you know,
2: people, you know, they can say whatever they want about Troy. I was like, I was like, there's always have any gold pants except for Troy. It's like I can wear my little charms and stuff. But Troy Smith was an absolute monster against yes. those guys. And it's just like, yes. Yes. holy, holy cow. So, you know, fast forward to 06, and um, it's a little different. You know, you're kind of – you're not the old guy, but you're, like, the experienced guy. Because you look around, and all of a sudden there's no, no A.J., no schlags, no Dante, no Kudla. Like I mean, a lot of these guys that were really, really good seniors. Talk a little bit about becoming a leader. You know, six. So I remember going against you guys in spring, and I was like, you know, I, I thought you guys had potential, but I was like, you know, it's not like going against Schlags and AJ, and cause you guys were so young. You guys were 19 years old. Like I mean, Schlegel was like 27 years old as senior, and it's what? like, he, yeah, he. Every time he ran Alaska, man, it was like an instant concussion for me. I mean, he would put his head and his cowboy collar right in my neck. And I'd be like, God, damn it, like, can you like, at least not try to kill me every time you're on Alaska or Bama? And I still give him crap about that. And, but talk a little that, bit about, like, 06 being, like, the, the yep. veteran even though you're the young guy.
1: You know, so I made, I made the switch from sand the mic um, mm-hmm. that spring. Felt really comfortable in it. And then – a lot of pressure because we knew we had an offense. We knew we were going to score. Uh-huh. It was just, you're right, we replaced uh, Anthony, AJ, and Bob. And then, I mean, you mentioned Kudla, you mentioned Dante Whitner, Ashton, Nate. Ashton. Yep, so we had uh-huh. so many guys uh-huh. that we lost. And uh-huh. it, we played Northern Illinois Week 1, and we, we beat them easily. But if you remember, like Garrett Wolf ran for like 200 on us. Garrett Wolfe ended up playing for the – I remember, like, reading dispatch headlines after, and it was like – because we were about to play Texas after. And so, Uh like, hold on. Our – like, we looked shaky. We were – I mean, I remember Luke getting after us. We were were not good. Like, and just the sense of urgency wasn't good, and we didn't really grow up and really figure it out, kind of like, oh, we got it until we played Texas. Uh And when we went down there and beat them, that's when it was kind of like – all right, I think we got something here. And to be honest, it was just, I I liked the way, I always liked and admired the way AJ tried to lead where it was very quiet. Um, He was going to be there consistent 6 a.m. workouts. He was going to work his tail off. He was going to practice hard, run to the ball. Didn't have to be very loud. Um, And I kind of appreciated that about AJ. And so – and I know Luke loved that because Luke, Luke wasn't big on the whole lot. He just wanted you to go out there. Yeah. So, for, for me, it was like, okay, for one, mm-hmm. it was kind of like a, I need to prove that I can actually play and own this position. Mm-hmm. If you remember, we had Larry Grant transfer in. Larry, when Larry came in, Larry was a – he was basically one of the Heisman of Juco. Like, he yeah. was player of the year in Juco when he came over. Mm-hmm. So, he was really good. I remember Luke telling me and him that we were going to rotate at Mike Against Texas,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um, thankfully I got I got lucky and made a play early in that game. Yeah, you got that pick, yeah. So there was no rotating. Um, yeah, but that that was that was the game that for me just gave me the confidence of like, okay, you can play college football at this stage, um, and it's time to continue to prove to your teammates that you can be consistent. You can be a guy that they can rely on. Coach doesn't have to worry about you when he goes to the middle. And then after that, then I think that's how you build leadership. I don't think you can run your mouth until you display your ability and you're able to actually be dependable. No one wants to listen to somebody who isn't accountable or isn't, you know, lined up right or whatever. So it was that, that was a kind of early on. That was a, a big step in 06 was being Texas and then going on that, trajectory to where I mean I think after that we kind of knew we're going to the natty we just got <laughs> we we to <laughs> get through Michigan yep.
2: yeah yeah it's, it's funny because I always say the easiest way to be a leader is be really productive and really consistent because oh. otherwise like you know like I mean we were both captains in 07 but it's like if I'm out there playing like garbage and giving up sacks or you know whatever it's like no one's gonna want to listen to me it's like you gotta like be the kind of the standard though Like, you got to be the guy that everybody looks to when, when stuff's bad. You got to be the guy that creates a turnover, creates a big hit, or, you know, creates momentum. And I remember in 06 camp, I remember because, you know, everyone was like, you know, our offense was vaunted, but you guys beat us in the jersey scrimmage, which gave me confidence in you guys. And, like, I get it. Like, you know, the Northern Illinois game, like, they were, you know, they had Doug Free and they had Garrett Wolves and whatever. But, you know, that was a lot of guys' first real game action. So I was like – You know, we scored like 28 points in the first quarter of that game because we had Ted and we had – Ted had two bombs. And, you know, it's just like you knew we were going to score. And, like, you know, we had to go to Iowa and –
0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Before. I mean, Michigan was better, but everybody else either was. Like, there wasn't a Texas Week 2 thing. Or, yeah. or like a, a Vince Young Texas. You know, like, getting Colt McCoy is like, his second career start, that was awesome. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, Vince Young. Yeah, when Vince Young beat us, I was like, I hope they win the natty so that he goes, bro. Because I do not want to go down to Austin and play. Uh, <laughs> and just,
1: people like, don't realize, like, you're right about that 05 team. That was the most talented team by far. And it was – you lost to Vince yeah. Young. Where it, had, it was like a last fourth quarter drive, and I think we're still kicking ourselves for missed opportunities oh, that game.
2: Oh, we, and, sucked on, we sucked on offense. Dude, we kicked five field goals. Like, I mean, that's the one that, like, haunts me because I'm like – we had five field goals. If we would have scored one touchdown, we weren't. And I, I mean, I can say because I played offense. Like, you're not going to say because you're a defensive guy and you're a nice guy. But, but, like, we sucked. We didn't convert our opportunities. We had the best O-line ever. I would, we had Nick, who was unbelievable. We had Robbie Sims. We, our receivers were Santonio, Ted, and Gonzo. You know, like, Santonio is, like, the most underrated player in school history. you was so damn oh, yeah. good. You know, oh. and, like, he – like, I loved Pitt. Like, I mean, I was like, ugh, that, that game kills me. Because, like, you guys were going crazy, like, balling out of control on defense. Like, AJ played the game of his life. And then we yeah. go to Penn State and lose. And you guys give up, like, 160 yards the whole game and we lose. And it's just like, you know, it, just, it was that was crushing. Because that was, like, that's like a team. It was honestly It was like Ohio State's team last year. Like, they have to win the natty with that team last year. When you have yeah. Chase and Okuda, Justin, <laughs> I was like, I mean, you don't get that that crop of talent in the same place at the same time very often. And it's like, you got to capitalize. You got to cash those in, man, because those don't come around real often.
1: No, the the, the team last year, to me, I felt worse for them than the 15 team. Like, everyone likes to talk about 15 because they wonder, like, the Michigan State upset, right? So it's how many times Zeke touched the ball. It's all those things. But Mm -hmm. I felt I never felt comfortable in that squad with the Cardale J T kinda just never mm-hmm. felt well oiled machine at all. There's mm-hmm. every game kind of felt lethargic and like you we were waiting for an explosion. Where last year it was so impressive how they yeah. operated. And then the yeah. lose way you did with some bad calls, but also as you know, like being a player, like yeah, of course that sucks, but we missed opportunities, right? You had drop right. He has too many red zone trips that resulted in field goals that kept it close. Um, JK helped. getting hurt. Yeah. And if you don't, I if mean,
2: that was like us losing Ted. Like, we lost Ted against Florida. And people were yeah. like, well, that wasn't a 28 point guy. But I'm like, well, he's the only guy still playing in the NFL from that game. He's <laughs> pretty good. He you know what I mean? I
1: know that. He was, I mean, he was the game plan. Yeah. And he was Dude, the I, mean, I tell
2: people, go watch the 06 Michigan game and tell me Ted wasn't a good receiver. I
1: mean, he was. And
2: oh, yeah. an absolute monster in that, in the 06 Michigan game. I and mean, he was a problem. And it's like, you know, it's like if, yeah, you know, I tell people like with, with Coach Meyer, if he loses Tebow in 08, like the first play of the Oklahoma game, he's going against like Sam Bradford. and, Oh, yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you, you might win, but you're going to put John Brantley out there. Who's yeah. not Tim Tebow. And right. magically, you might not be quite as good on offense, believe it or not. And I, you know, that's not me. Being anything other than true I mean he literally was our best player he's our highest drafted player he's still in the league you know I mean he's you know it's whatever but um so you transition you know talk a little bit about you 07 you know I needed you to be captain more than anything in the world I told trust that I was like look James has to be a captain I know you don't do a lot of two time captains around here as a third year junior but like we ain't got nobody else like I looked around and like everybody kind of cleared out you know, that that I kind of played with as I got older. And talk about being a third-year junior captain. Because I know that, you know, anymore at Ohio State, we elect, like, 15 captains every year, which is <laughs> insane. But, like, back in the day, we only only have three. So it was like it actually yeah. meant something. So talk a little bit about being elected a captain as a third-year junior with Tress. I mean, you were the first guy that ever got that honor full-time. Talk about that.
1: Yeah, it was one of the greatest honors of my career. Um because as you're voted by your peers and your coaching staff to kind of be captain, you're, you understand the weight in that, right? It's more than just on the field. It's off the field. It goes to the leadership role. Now there are leaders that don't have the captain, you know, or don't have the C, but if you're going to have to be a captain, you better, you can't be the guy telling guys to live right. And you're not living right. Or you can't be the guy to cussing people out for getting in your gap or don't let us down. And the next thing you know, you give up three plays that game because you were misaligned, right? So there's there's an added pressure to it. And then you kind of look at, oh, my gosh, who's been the captains here at Ohio State? Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be it as a junior was it, – like, it was humbling, you know? It was kind of like yeah. an added responsibility, but I, I mean, I welcomed it. Um, and I was super happy to have it, uh, but it was just kind of like a – when you kind of sit back that year and you take a deep breath and you go, oh, okay, look who else. I mean, you look at the captain's breakfast in and, and the list yeah. and like, all right, this is pretty <laughs> sweet. So it was it was a huge responsibility, um, but one that I cherished and, and absolutely loved.
2: Yeah, it's, it's funny because Coach Meyer changed it to a dinner. So you go to like the dinner at the golf course instead of the breakfast, which yeah. – I personally love, because, like, you know, the morning of the game, like, you're already kind of in, like, full metal jacket mode. You're not really dying to hear about how they did it in 1982, you know, <laughs> when they're going to play Indiana. Like, I mean, like, as I always tell those guys, you know, like, because I, I love sitting with, the, or, like, I love sitting with, like, Wyatt and Thayer and Josh Myers and say, you know, I love watching you guys play. You guys play great. You know, and I, I tell, like, Brandon Bowen, who I love to death, and Nick Petit for all these because I'm like, you know, yeah. you should be thankful you have a guy like Wyatt and Jonah Jackson as these regards, because when you have, like, a great guard, it's like you having, like, a great <laughs> nose guard and a great detackle tackle in front of you. Like, it makes your life so much better than having some guy that just gets launched into your lap on a double and yeah. <laughs> you're just like, <laughs> how am I supposed to make the play if you can't hold anybody up? Like, yeah. you know, and I, I, just, I like going to that, because for one, I'm the only guy from our era that goes to these. Like, there's nobody in the Trussell era that goes to these, and I just go, because I don't really care, and I like seeing my guys, but... Um, you know it's it's it, it is cool. You know, I mean, I like I like to go back and just kind of talk to the kids. It's not because I want to tell them about what I did or what we did or you know when we played Michigan. Like I never like I always talk about like stuff I wish I knew what I was playing. Like you know, like yeah. you wish you could go back sometimes and go back to you when you were twenty and say, hey, maybe don't maybe do more yoga and less benching six hundred pounds or maybe, you know, <laughs> work on your Flexibility more, you know, like I mean, everybody has stuff that you're like, you know, yeah, do this a little bit better. Study this, you know, the game's going to go more towards the passing game, So work on your drops instead of your whatever. I don't know. Like, there's all these little things you can pass on them. Um, yeah. yeah, it was it was interesting, and you know, so from 07, talk about your decision to come back because that didn't it didn't really shock me, but it kind of shocked me because you could have been a top ten pick after '07. But you decided to come back. Uh, You know, frankly, you guys were loaded. You guys had, like, 20 starters back. It was, like, me, Larry Grant, and and Vernon were, like, the only guys that were gone. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the decision to come back in 08 with Malcolm and those guys and try to go for for the run.
1: I think people forget how – where Todd – when we beat in 07, remember when we beat uh, Penn State at Penn State, like, the conversations around Todd Beckman were – right I
2: mean, I, heisman yeah it he was the dark horse for the heisman on sports center that was like the voodoo witch doll that they put right in a needle right in his head because it was like after that it was like he was never the same. but it was like i remember watching that i was like oh my god tom i go to the heisman
1: like, i know so yeah. i think just after that year and to be honest we have chances against lsu we had chances that year and Boy. i was we we were just so I was so fired up. Just when you lose two national titles in a row, in Florida, you felt like, "Damn it! If we had Ted, you know, what, we didn't do a good enough job on defense stopping them. They're still running the same damn bubble play, and we can't stop." Well, dude, defense. and I mean, we had
2: like we ran like fourteen plays the whole game on offense. We were like, yeah, it's, but, it's just like that was like one of those ones where it's it's like Murphy's Law. It's like when Ohio State lost to Clemson like thirty-one nothing. It's like. Sometimes that just happens. Like, you know, it's just it's not your night. Like it happens to Bill Belichick, it happens to every coach, every team. If you're in it long enough, something stupid like that will happen to you in the game of
1: football. But LSU pisses me off. Like that game just we had you had plays there that were for the taking. Um anyway, that the two in a row really hurt. And so you're thinking in a way, hey. We'll have time coming back. We got a roster around us. Um, we'll have opportunities, you know, big games. I wanted to play mm-hmm. out in the Coliseum against USC. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, that'd be a very cool game to be a part of. Um, did not know that Beanie would, you know, get hurt <laughs> the week before. Yeah, in um, part two. Yeah, so it, it, you know, it hurt us, but. Yeah. I, it was it was a tough decision. It really was, but it was just at the end of the day, I kept hearing from people over and over, and I'm pretty good too. It's like you hear people a lot of times say, "Man, like enjoy your college years. Like you'll you'll get like if I could, I would do anything to go back to college." And I took that to heart when I heard it, and I knew how special Ohio State was back then. It was different. Like Ohio State, and this isn't a bad thing, but Ohio State has become it's NFLU, right and as part of the urban culture it's three and done like that's three into the league and, and to be honest that's why recruiting has skyrocketed I believe because if you're a random kid in Florida who knows of Ohio State doesn't really pay attention you know what they'll pay attention to Zeke's money Michael Thomas's money Joey Bosa's money uh-huh. and where those cats go to school Ohio State oh well if I want to be that I guess I need to go there and But when we played, it was more like – and, like, and it still is this way, too. Like, if you want to be a four-year guy, being a big man on campus at Ohio State is one of the best things you can do because it's one of the most unique spots in the world where you can network that to when you're done, come back and be taken care of by whoever. It's a big reason why I'm able to do the job that I do now um, Mm -hmm. is because of that. So – and that's not just 97-1 the fan, that's Big Ten Network, that's five. It's, yeah. it's a place that carries a lot of weight and the brotherhood is real. And I had some brothers that just, we wanted to try to win it, chase it. And yeah. when you lose two in a row, you really think, if I didn't really didn't think that we had a good chance to get it, you know, there a third year in a row, I wouldn't have come back. But it was like, it was right there. Uh-huh. So you're like, hell, I get to experience all the same stuff I've experienced the last two years for one more year? Let's do it. I'm not worried about the NFL. Like, we'll, we'll worry about that when we get there. But it was like, let's go. Let's chase it again. And lost twice, that, three times a year. Hell, we lost to USC, bad out in L.A., uh, lost to Penn State at home, um, and then lost to Texas in the bowl game on the last drive of the game, which is an awful way end your career, but <laughs> um, but just there's still so many good memories of that year. And really it was a tough year because it was the Todd Beckman Terrell Pryor thing. But yeah. um, I mean when you get to lace up that scarlet and gray, man, there's nothing like it. So I yeah. I wish it was different, of course, but. Um, an underachieving year, which is probably one of the hardest things to go through because it felt it was a transition of you knew the future was Terrell. You just didn't want to be part of that year of the growing pains. And I felt like we were a part of that year. of You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, you quarterback and now that's how you're senior. But after USC – it was kind of like, okay, well, it's obvious we're not going to a national championship after losing that way early on, after losing two big national championship games two years in a row. So it was time to cut of for the future. So it was, regardless, it was a tough year. Todd's a captain. And he comes out to the coin toss with us, right, and we're doing all that, and he's not even starting um, down the stretch. It's a different year. Yeah, that's – I
2: can't even imagine how tough that was on Todd just because, like, you know, I was – like with you at the coin toss the year before and it was just like I couldn't imagine like putting going out to that and then putting my helmet like you know under the bench and signaling you like that to, would I it.
1: mean bro, I don't know how he did uh, it, he, I know
2: he's he's an unbelievable kid because you know me I was like psychotic it's like you know I had to like whip my guys into shape like every single day because in 07 it was like the flip of 06 because 07, we were number one in the nation in total defense. You know, we had you, Vernon, like, I mean, Malcolm. I mean, we were just loaded. And then on offense, a lot of new guys. It was basically the Beanie Show. You know, then, you know, Heartline and Robo were developing as our receivers. But, you know, we lost Ted early. We lost Gonzo early. We lost Pittman early. Um, So I, like, felt the pressure, probably the pressure that you felt in 06, where it's like – we got to hold up our end of the bargain and try to score, you know, if we score 14, we're probably going to win because our defense is so good. And some games like Akron, I will never forget we got half time. It's like three to two. And we're getting booed because we're that bad on offense. It was miserable. But it was just like, you know, I was a raging psychopath in 07 because I was like, we have to up the standard and score points for this defense. This defense is too good to waste on, uh, you know, us sucking essentially. You know? And it's like, that's, that's tough because, like, I mean, you guys were kind of in the boat the year before. Where it was like we had a Heisman Trophy winner, quarterback, and two first-round receivers. And You guys, like, we got to stop them a little bit so we can win. The next year, I was like, we got to score 14, <laughs> you know, to just try to, <laughs> you know, 20. I mean, trust say 24 or whatever, but I'm like, with this defense, we could score 14 or probably win. Like, we had to go to Washington and play Walker. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we, we had to go to Penn State, which was kind of like a, you know, people that haven't been to Penn State don't oh, realize how hard it is to win at Penn State. And we stopped yeah. them pretty good out there. Um, yeah. You know, which, that was very gratifying. That was one of those deals. But uh, so talk a little bit about, you know, you get drafted, you go to the Rams, you have a great career. Um, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll gloss over this for the sake of time. And, you know, you finish up, what made you want to get into broadcasting? I mean, I, there's a lot of guys – then yeah, it's like a natural transition to either get into like coaching or broadcasting. You picked broadcasting. And frankly, and I've told you this even before I was, you know, begging to get you on my podcast, you're really good at it because I can tell you put it in the works. I've seen so many guys that are god awful at it. I can't listen to them. I have to like mute them. But tell me what inspired you to chase the broadcasting color commentary.
1: Deal. I've I've always been interested in it, even back to like High school, Um, Uh I used to play Madden sometimes and actually voice over some of the stuff. I don't know why. I've always just been a nut. I've been a nut about Uh football forever. To be honest, I I really thought I was going to get into coaching first. Um, I think it's just the way the career went. Uh It's unique. If, If the Rams had stayed in St. Louis and I was able to finish my career there, I would have tried to get into either the front office scouting something with the Rams I probably stayed in St. Louis, but they didn't. They went to LA and they fired me before they did. And so that meant, you know, new team. It's New Orleans. I thought I was going to be there for three years. That's why we bought the place in Nashville, lived in Nashville in the off season. I want to live in New Orleans year round. Uh And after that first year in New Orleans, uh, when I started to get dinged up, you just kind of know like for one, the training isn't fun anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a new organization, so you're, you know, you're proving yourself again, and I I got named captain the first year there, so I felt like, okay, I'm proving myself, and then my body started to break down, and it wasn't fun to try to get that back, and then you're mm-hmm. watching film, and you're like, I don't even recognize the guy, mm-hmm. part of your brain as a competitor says, okay, take this note, I gotta do this better next time, all right, and I'll make that play, then, like, there's a part of you is like, I'm not sure I can make that play anymore you know that's Uh the hard thing to realize and so i really got to a point where i I was put on ir and the decision was really made for me i I asked my release i said i just want to go back to nashville i want this to be done um i did not like new orleans i think it's a great place to visit for 48 hours just wasn't my cup of tea um Really great teammates, really good dudes in the locker room. I, I really appreciate them. But it was at a point where I just I wanted to go back to Nashville and get out of there. Mm-hmm. And I intended. I, I really thought about coaching. I called. I called thick. Thought about mm-hmm. joining Bickle staff, and ultimately pulled out when we got pregnant with our second. Um, and just said, you know, timing isn't really right to to move to Cincinnati to to see if I wanted to you know uh-huh. do coaching um so then i just said okay i'm gonna go to broadcast boot camp uh nfl uh-huh. put on and basically what it is the all-encompassing media thing and they'll bring in all the league partners and they bring in the big 10 network because the big 10 network is owned by fox um so i went there just thinking try to get in front of nfl whether it's nbc abc espn all these people and just see uh-huh. if someone notices you then cool then maybe you'll start something and Big 10 network was the ones that was like, Hey, you know, we want to, we'd love to, you know, hire you and have you do a studio show. So I started doing that Nashville to Chicago every week. And then, um, I really wanted to do games though. And so mm-hmm. something opened that year where I did like a three man booth with Matt Millen. Um, uh, I think it was like UNLV, Ohio state. And that's was my yeah. first rolling and jumped in the booth there. And I was like, Oh, I loved it. And had really good feedback. Um, and was thankful that they gave me that opportunity. And then they put me on Brandon Godden's crew. Uh, so me and Brandon Godden, Brandon's our play-by-play. He's the voice of Madden, play-by-play of Madden. Mm-hmm. And so him and I are the second crew on Big Ten Network, our first full year last year together. Um, Fox used me last year, maybe it was two years ago again. I I get confused. No, so I filled in for Millen half a one year because Matt Millen had a heart issue. Heart deal, yeah. Yep, and then after that, then I, I – join with Brandon, but I, I love, I look, I, I would have coached if um, it was in Columbus. It's still something that there's, there's a lot of knowledge that I feel like I have to give back. And I love impacting young men, um, but it just, the timing has never really been right with the family. Um, mm-hmm. And now it's kind of like, I love Columbus so much. I don't want to move to make that a reality. Mm-hmm. So it has to be a unique situation um it's, it's 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 tough as you know like the coaching profession is a lot of hours so to me it ultimately came down to do you want to do you want to be dad and invest in your two daughters or do you want to be a coach and invest in a ton of young men but not maybe invest as much you know at home and to me I ultimately chose home and what I try to do with football and calling games, though, is I try to just build a great relationships. I try never to roast anybody. I just said, you know what? Mm-hmm. I want to highlight the positive always. And mm-hmm. one of my favorites to listen to and favorites to be covered by was Charles Davis. I just feel like he's always optimistic, the best. Um, and he's always very even, you know, level-headed. And even when he criticizes, it's nothing personal. It's just mm-hmm. the football part of the play, and you don't feel bad when he does because a lot of times when you hear it back, you're like, he's spot on. Um, and you feel comfortable talking to them, and that's what I try to do. And it's fun. It's fun. It's fun to sit in a coaches meeting with Scott Frost and just shoot the crap Uh around. You know, Uh talk ball. Um, or it's fun to see Pat Fitzgerald and reminisce about you know playing days. Um, and it's 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 a good it's a good thing. And I love I love covering the Big Ten. Um. You know, we'll see what, what happens with – this year is kind of going to be a, a, a weird year if we have football to kind of see how this goes. That the trajectory feels strong um, and just try to – like you said, I, I I pride myself no matter what I do. I'm just trying to be prepared. And that's – whether that's tomorrow morning doing nice and on the fan. I don't want to ever have somebody listen and be like, that guy does – he's just – he's going through the motions or he doesn't know. You know what I mean? Like – and you can very easily go through the motions if you want mm-hmm. to. Um but I don't want to be that guy. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it all the way. So it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you're studying rosters like Rutgers and Buffalo, um, it's a lot of work to kind of jump into programs you don't know much about. But then once you do it, what's fun is you'll start to watch games on Sunday and you'll hear a name and be like, oh, shoot, that cat played at Buffalo. He was pretty good. He had a good day against Rutgers. You know, and like things will come into your mind and because you study these guys. And it's – it's fun. It is fun. And uh, the travel can be tough a little bit at times. But it's funny. Like, it's like sprinting on a treadmill at 12, you know, or 13 or 14 for the fall. And then you get to the offseason, and it's like walking at two.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it – like, like I said, I mentioned to you before we went on, but, like, I remember I say uh, – because I'm a, I'm a night owl, and I love college football, and I love Pac-12 after dark. And I remember when Michigan State was playing Arizona State, And you were doing the game. It was like an eleven o'clock kickoff, East Coast, which is really late for a a Pac-12 game. And they had Nikhil Harry, and I had him in my fantasy team. And I was like, "Oh, I was like James," and I was like, "Listen to you." And I was like, "Dude, you're great." Like, I mean, I don't say that just because I know you're a captain. Because if you sucked, I just wouldn't say anything. But like, you actually like
1: you. I know know that's okay.
2: Yeah, it's you know, it's just you can tell, and it's like I like to compliment you because you know we've seen. A lot of guys that get into it, and like you said, they just mail it in. They're not pros. They don't they don't put in the work to really know what they're talking about. And I was blessed, frankly, because I was like you. Like, I didn't know if I wanted to coach, if I wanted to get into business. So I was a grad assistant with Tress, and then Luke, and then Urban. And that last year with Urban, I learned more football than I could ever dream of learning. And, you know, when I do analysis on, like, wall-to-wall sports or on – Buckeye football fever or whatever. I, you know, It's like when you, you talk about sitting in the coaching meetings with Scott Frost, you could sit and listen to Scott Frost talk about his offense, and you could probably learn 50 things you never considered oh, yeah. or knew because he's so innovative. And you're like, yeah. holy cow, like you run a bubble screen, and then the tight end fakes the block, and then he comes loose because they did that against us. Like, like when Nebraska okay. came to the shoot two years ago, like they didn't have the dudes that we had. But they were running stuff, and I was like, holy cow. Like, I was like, that is, like, awesome. Like, some of their schemes, some I was like – because, you know, I always pretend I'm you. I'm like, that is so hard to defend. Like, oh, a yeah. bubble with a fake block and the tight end – the tight end came scot-free, and I was like, I don't know how you defend that. Like, it's, like, impossible. You know, and putting defenders in those tough in-between spots, especially when you have high-level athletes like the Gators did, like, it's one thing if, like, you have – you know, some stiff from Nebraska going. It's the other thing when you have Percy Harvin going. It's like, you know, and then it's Aaron Hernandez who's faking the block and coming off. It's like you have two, like, first-round type guys that are elite athletes. That's when it gets real scary because, like, if you make a misstep, it can get ugly. But, you know, I love listening to you talk. I love you mention Charles Davis because, you know, my affinity for Charles Davis. I tweet him. Right? He's kind of up and coming when we played, and now he's, like, on Madden, and he's, like, you know, one of the top color guys in the game. and. I love – his style is the perfect thing to emulate because, like you said, he's like – you know, he's kind of like a national version of Jim Lachey. Like, Jim Lachey, yeah. I could give up a, a sack and get the quarterback decapitated. And Jim Lachey's like, yeah, you know, Kirk's got to get a little bit lower there and maybe not get the quarterback murdered quite as much as he did. And,
1: you know, it's like, I mean, he'd never just take
2: a total dump on you like he could. But, you know, that I think that's the best policy because, like, you never know, you know, who you're going to cover next. Like, you don't want to really come off the top rope on a a coach or a player because, you know, if it's bad, they're probably going to hear about it or their wife will hear it or you'll be that next staff. And you're like, you know what my wife said you said about me when we lost, like, 77 to nothing to Ohio State or whatever? And you're like, I don't know what I say. It's like – but it's a good style. But um, I'll wrap this in the sake of time. So plug um, plug your radio
1: show. You're on – 10 to 1 every day? 9 to noon. Because, you know, don't, don't mess up. Don't, don't mess with Bobby. All right? Bobby's noon to 3, so you can't mess with Bobby's time. Oh. Um, uh, yeah. Bob and AR, we're 9 to noon on uh, 971 The Fan and uh, Bishop and Laurinaitis. And uh, finally have some sports to talk about again, which is nice. Yeah. How it's does nice.
2: Bishop get the A side and you get the B side? Aren't you like Money Mayweather? Shouldn't you be the A side? I mean, Laurinaitis versus Bishop, like – yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I think a bishop. I think of like Bryce Bishop or a bishop in chess. Like, there's only one Laurinitis. Well, I guess there's two with your dad. but
1: Bishop oh, is kind of better than Laurinitis and Bishop. Like, Carpenter and Rothman works better than Rothman and Carpenter. But I don't know. I, I think the short, the long name might just be it. It might be that simple. Yeah,
2: I love it, man. Well, uh, you know, I, I know you have Tony Gerdman on. Um, we also have Bill Green. We have four great recruiting guys Mark Devler, Mick Walker, Alex Fleitman. Um, anything you guys need from the scoop, we're at your disposal. You know, you guys have Gerd on all the time. Gerd's great. Um, you know, we we try to help you guys out as much as we can. So you guys are a friend of the scoop. You know, Roffman's had a bunch of our guys on, so we are at your disposal, my friend. And uh, Absolutely. you being hit, man. Seriously, you really are a superstar in the color commentary game. I'm glad everything's going good with you and Shelly and baby number three. Um, yeah, I, I hope that. Everything goes great with football. I just, in my opinion, I think the big boys are going to play. Like, I think Rutgers and – Rutgers and Michigan State are so bad and they have new coaching staffs. So they're kind of like the guy that wants to get out of conditioning drills and stuff. It's like they don't – you know, they're, they're, they're trying to get, like, tonsillitis or it's like they're – you know, there's, like, always a guy that has, like, a grandma who dies in the middle of two days and they got to go to, like, the, their fourth grandma's funeral. You know, they got to do the Lou Williams and say, oh, yeah, my <laughs> – my great-granddad died in Atlanta. It just happens. The funeral's right across from Magic City. You know, it's like, that's what Rutgers and, and Michigan like. They're, like, they're just going to be so bad. And they didn't get spring ball. They didn't get summer ball. So, they're just, yeah, you know, we all have COVID. We got to shut it down. Like, but Ohio State is, like, a steam. you know, like, the SEC, like, they're not going to stop. Like, the big boys are not going to stop. Like, this is my mentality on this whole thing. But uh, I'm excited for football. Um. Excited to see, you know, when you figure out, like, what your schedule is. Like, so I'm sure every week you get assigned to a different game. You know, we'll, we'll plug that, make sure our people are tuning in and watching you and, uh, you know, loving you up, my man. But I appreciate you. You're a friend of the scoop.
1: You're a great player, great husband. And uh, let's see it again soon, brother. Absolutely, brother. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Always, my friend. Thank you.
2: Yes.